Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast, and we are officially back stateside. Myself, Evan Schivel, alongside Graham Griffith, as always here on the Norwood Noise Podcast, is Friday, December 22nd. Happy holidays uh, to all of our listeners out there um, as we kind of wind down, and we're kind of in this weird um, kind of middle spot here of the of the conference season, you know, a bit of transition, or excuse me, of the college basketball season, a bit of transition here as we go from non-conference to conference play. Now with some of these larger, larger conferences kind of playing, you know, early on to middle of December, um, as well as some conferences that don't start playing until after the new year. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of in this transition period right now. Um, but we did have a, a loaded slate really last weekend, um, as well as rolling into some good mid midweek games this week. Um, behind us, and then uh, kind of a quiet weekend. So um, we got a couple things to kind of recap. Obviously got to talk about our Xavier Musketeers and a couple other big uh, storylines in the news. Um, Graham, welcome, welcome. Um, what what is the, uh, what are the what are the big holiday plans up there in uh, Columbus for you? Anything crazy? I know obviously you're in Cincinnati through tomorrow with the, with the Xavier game, but any big plans for the holidays? Nothing too crazy. Um, hoping that tomorrow, as we're recording this, I'm able to get a win against Seton Hall, get back on track after the loss to St. John's. Mm-hmm. And then it's um, going to be enjoying the downtime. We have about five days off. That'll be nice. Go home, see the family, um, maybe check in on the high school team. Uh, they have a game over break. So, uh, oh, nice. Good. Well, look how that lines up. Yeah, so it'll be nice to enjoy the little bit of a break. Um it's been nice to have these few days off where haven't had to worry about school or anything. Yeah, yeah, we're we're on school break as well, which is nice. Yeah, so to carry that school break and now into basketball break as well will be nice to recharge. So we look forward to the new year um, with Evan being back in Cincinnati. Let's go, baby. Can't wait. I, I think it's kind of poetic that my first game back is going to be one of the biggest of our season with the uh, – with the with the UConn game, I had a, a good a good friend of really both of ours, Graham, um, Mr. Luke Lomry and uh, and Nick Hoyt. They both shot me a text uh, the other night after the game, and uh, Luke said, "On God, the Shib might be the difference in Cintas this season." So made me very made me feel very loved and welcomed uh, back to Cincinnati as I had just kind of landed back stateside, um, and obviously can't wait to get back in the Cintas Center. Uh, with you, Graham, and, and with this team uh, to really hope they can kind of rebound here in the second half of the season after a little bit of a rocky start. Um, we'll get to more of that later. Um, real quick, though, last weekend was a pretty stacked weekend. Graham, you're going to have to help me out here. Um, I did have travel day last Saturday, so I didn't get to see much, unfortunately, as much as 
Delta touts their live TV uh, that is unavailable on international flights, obviously, as that kind of makes sense. Um, but uh, I wasn't able to really lock in on too many of the games last week um, as I was moving myself from uh, Milan to New York and then meeting our good friend Jack Garvey in New York uh, and then taking a train up to Connecticut and then driving to Boston. It was a long, long travel day. So um, we'll start with last Friday we had a game between UConn and Gonzaga, a semi-home game for Gonzaga playing there in Seattle. And UConn just... I, continues to assert their dominance with a very big win. Um, so obviously UConn continuing to assert their power, assert their dominance as a really top five stronghold national title contender type team. Gonzaga on the other end, fading a little bit, you know, coming down to eight and three. Um, and they really might just be one of the, it might be one of those years for Gonzaga where they're a top 20, top 15, top 20 type team. Um, you know, that's solid and is going to, you know, obviously fare well in the WCC, um, but might end up around that three, four, five line come March. Um, so definitely one to keep an eye on and, and see what conference play holds for Gonzaga um, as they move on with their season. As we got into Saturday, um, we had a triple header on CBS with the CBS Sports Classic, also fronted by a Kansas-Indiana game in Bloomington. Uh, at Assembly Hall, of course, Kansas came in rocking Assembly Hall, um, and and Indiana rode that wave, and good for them because they really needed the the opportunity, a signature win, um, to really get their season going as conference play starts up. As Indiana's kind of had a rough start to the season, um, and they held a forty to thirty two lead at halftime. Kansas responded though, being thirteen down, uh, came back and won by four in the second half, seventy five seventy one. A statement win for the Jayhawks, a big-time road win. Bill Self went on record to say it was one of his best victories ever uh, in his time at Kansas, which is insane considering some of uh, the big-time wins he had in his time uh, or or he has had in his time with the Jayhawks. Um, so we'll discuss that one more a little bit later. Um, Michigan State kind of shocked everyone by absolutely destroying Baylor, which sent Baylor into a two-game loss streak that we'll get to. Um, later on in the episode, but a good win for Michigan State, uh, nonetheless, to kind of you know maybe try and help steady their season because they're sitting at 500 as well after a really disappointing start to the season. Houston beat a solid Texas A&M team um, despite a late second half comeback um, from the Aggies. Good win though for Houston to continue to take care of business there. Memphis uh, takes a big win over Clemson, gives them their first loss, 79-77. Uh, this Memphis team looks legit, man. I'm riding high on the Tigers. They had another big uh, midweek victory over Virginia. Um, that's become a fun team to watch, so definitely keep an eye on them. Purdue against Arizona in a, you know, a, you could say a you know Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4 level matchup. Everyone was hyping this one up. Obviously, again, semi-home game for Purdue as they were playing in Indianapolis, uh, but a great win for Purdue. And, man, they just they look so freaking good. And Arizona looks great, too. I mean, Arizona had another one. Uh, this week, which we'll get into later against Alabama, where they really closed the door in that one. But both those teams, I think, look very solid and definitely worth uh, noting that Purdue had a great win there that evening. And then a couple more to note. Um, you did have uh, Kentucky uh, beat North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic down in Atlanta. Um, Kentucky looks great, man. I, I can't get over how good this team looks. Um, I saw a little bit of them against Louisville last night. Um, and yeah, this Kentucky team, I, I'm telling you as, as a Kansas fan or as, as someone that follows Kansas pretty closely, they were lucky to get them when they did. 
because um, Kentucky just hadn't figured it out yet. But now uh, I don't see uh, the Jayhawks putting up much of a fight against this Kentucky team. I think they're legit. They got their you know their injured bigs back on the inside, um, and definitely uh, you know is going to be a really difficult team to match up against going forward. Again, I think North Carolina is very similar to that Gonzaga team, kind of the middle of the pack in the top twenty-five. Nothing crazy. They're going to be solid all year, but I don't think they're really going to be an outstanding team. Um, and then you get into the final uh, game of the evening. Creighton, big time statement win. You know you've you've been doubted. You've had a couple losses against Mountain West teams, starting to you know get a little shaky in the non-con, and you assert yourself by beating a good Alabama team, 85-82 at home in the battle of three-point attempts. I didn't even look at this one. Um, Grandma know we've made plenty of jokes about how many threes these two teams shoot. Um, let's see. Let's get a box score here. How many three-pointers did we attempt? Um, between the two teams. Let's see what we got here. All right, three-pointers for Alabama. Alabama went four of 22 from beyond the arc. Wow, that's really bad. Uh, and Creighton went six of 18. So, yeah, that's a, that's a total of 43 pointers between the two teams in that game. Creighton goes on to win. By the way, that you're – you know, for those doing math at home, that is only 10 made threes out of the 40 attempted. So, um, and that just goes to show you why that, that three point shooting down the stretch, uh, doesn't always end up working out, uh, as it, as it would in theory. So anyways, I'm droning on too long. Graham, what you got to see more of it. You got to see more of the games. Um, what were your biggest highlights of the weekend? What were you impressed by? Uh, and what, what teams are showing some concern as we, you know, kind of transition into conference play here around the holiday season? Yeah, uh, one of my big takeaways was how great Purdue looked against Arizona. Um, Purdue's played in a very difficult schedule to start, and the fact that they've been doing so well is a testament to how good they are. Um, this Arizona game is probably their biggest test of the season, um, even with how difficult their schedule has been. Um, and my big takeaway from this game is Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith Unreal. Would they would they have twenty six and twenty seven or something like that each? Yeah, and combined for nine threes. Um, and I just think it's amazing how well this team plays to their roles. They play about nine to ten guys a night that all know exactly what they have to do every night, and the fact that they are all clicking um, at this you know unheard of rate is really a sight to see. Um, you know, they tried, Arizona tried really hard to take Zach Eady out of the game early. Um, I felt like they did a pretty good job of containing him. And right as they were doing that, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer combined, um, you know, for over 50 points, which you're not going to get that out of them every single night. I don't think that they expect Braden Smith to have four threes and Fletcher Lawyer to have five threes every single night. But if you're getting offensive production out of them, it takes so much gravity off of Zach Eady that if you just put one guy on Zach Eady, he's going to have the 20 and, you know, 10-plus rebounds that he did have. Um, this team's really, really good, and it's just a matter of if Matt Painter can do it in March um, because, that you know, that's been the story for the past uh, couple years. Um after countless flare-outs that they've had um, in the early rounds. And I'm really hoping that they can do it, just because this is a team that deserves to have something to show for other than a regular season. 
Um, moving on is that I was a little bit, um, you know, hesitant to give Texas A&M a lot of credit going into the season. Um, and they really competed against Houston. And Houston looks like one of the best teams in the country right now. Um, and Texas A&M, you know, they've, they've taken some losses to uh, FAU, Virginia, and Memphis. Um, going into that Houston game, they're coming off the loss against Memphis in a close one. And they really battled. And um, after, you know, picking up a, a marginal win against Houston Christian, uh, they now have a stretch of um, Prairie View um, and then then they start the SEC play. Um, and I really think that this Texas A&M team um, has the ability to really take some strides, but they also, you know, four losses in non-conference isn't exactly what we were expecting out of a team um, that was getting a lot of praise early on. Um, and... You know, to wrap out, uh, wrap up um, the recap from my end, Clemson-Memphis game was a game that we circled last week, and we talked to, about the two differences of, you know, Clemson's an undefeated team. Um, if they get a statement win um, after, you know, some people are saying that, you know, the undefeated is a little bit of an asterisk because of their schedule, and Memphis – is looking to really take some strides um, after the two straight losses to Ole Miss and Villanova um, earlier in the season. You know, people wanted to see, is this Memphis team legit? And we already talked about how they beat a Texas A&N team um, on the road and then taking care of number 13 Clemson and then taking care of 22nd ranked Virginia in crazy fashion. Um really shows that this Memphis team is legit. Um, and I think uh, one of the you know standouts um, on this team is the fact that they have two former Big East players that are really leading the charge of this team with David Jones, who was at St. John's last year, and Javon Quinterly, who was at Villanova three years ago, um, most recently at Alabama where he was just chucking shots. And... <laughs> Uh, I among, think it's amongst really, the many that were just chucking shots at that point. And I just think it's really funny that Nate Oates couldn't contr- control Javon Quinterly, um, but uh, Penny Hardaway has yeah. been able to you know kind of take him into this lead guard role where he's averaging five assists, where he's never averaged more than four in his career before that. Um, he's shooting his best uh, field goal percentage, the best free throw percentage. Um, he's averaging the most rebounds of his career, the most steals of his career, and a career high in points, um, all while being on a very good nine and two team. Yeah. Um, and I just think that this Memphis team has really put the pieces together to have a really good year, especially in an American conference that um, will definitely be taking a step back without Houston this year. Absolutely. I, I, I will tell you, though, I cannot wait for this home-and-home home with Memphis and FAU. I think those games are going to be so, so entertaining. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll get a, a, an American title game as well with them. Um, so, anywho, yes, definitely a, a lot to look forward there. Um, I'll just touch again briefly on this Kansas game. I mean, a phenomenal performance. Obviously, Bill Self, very proud of his team afterwards. Um, as a fan and as, a you know, someone – trying to report on the game 
I'm still going to remain skeptical of this team. I think the depth is, is going to be a serious issue um, down the road into conference play. And, yeah, if I'm a Kansas fan, I'm I'm definitely concerned as to the direction that this team is going. I think, obviously, you're getting good wins where you need them. Um, but I feel like the, the score relying so much on certain, you know, one, two, three guys to score each night um, is concerning. And the fact that you don't have a lot of depth or a lot of other guys scoring is uh, is definitely a concern for me personally. So, anywho, with that, um, we had a couple big results on Tuesday night this past week. Memphis, again, to continue with that run, um, 77-54, to is just a thumping of a good Virginia team, I think. Um, you know, obviously a Tony Bennett coach team um, and just a really solid team there. Memphis was led um, with 22 points from David Jones. This guy looks just like, I mean, he looks like he's going to be their team leader all year. Um, so, yeah, again, more more on Memphis. Can't wait to see what they put together. Great win for them there. Really shutting down Virginia in the second half, holding them to 22 points. Um, and then, of course, the magic of the – I still call it the dunk. I know they're trying to flip it to the amp. Um, but the magic of the dunk continues. Providence um, with a 15-point victory over number 6 Marquette. I didn't realize – I mean, obviously I knew. Yes, Marquette's or excuse me, yes, Providence has played well at home for the last few years. I kind of knew that was there. Graham, did you? I mean, did you watch this game? Uh, yeah, we had it on. Okay. Um, uh, Tuesday night. Okay. I saw most of it. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the stat on what their home record is in their last like fifty or so games? Yeah, it's forty and three. Yeah, for, forty-four um, and three in their last forty-seven. And that's insanity. The, the three losses. <laughs> Are one to the Colin Gillespie Villanova team, which and, no one was beating, <laughs> and Villan and Colin Gillespie had thirty four that game, and the other two are when, uh, it was pr- what's understood doesn't need to be said that Ed Cooley was leaving for Georgetown wow, at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, true. And they lost to Xavier and Seton Hall in back to back games to end the year. Yeah, that's right. So if you get rid of that, their one loss is to <laughs> one of the best teams the Big East has had in the past five years. Right, and, and a Colin Gillespie 34 ball game. I mean, that's, yeah, it's unbelievable. That that team is so difficult to play against them. And hand up, like, I was skeptical of Kim English, and I think he's kind of put the, you know, put, you know, quieted those those doubts for now. I will say I'll be interested to see how he recruits and how he brings and works the transfer portal. Um because right now this is a team that's largely kind of left from last year, led by um, Bryce Hopkins and, and Devon Carter, obviously. Um, both just unbelievable players. Um, really, you know, got a knack for scoring, uh, making a difference in the game. So definitely it w- was fun to watch um, Providence do their thing and get that arena going, even over a break game for the Providence students. Um, place was still bumping, so... Good on them, and it just that combined with we're going to get to Wednesday now, um, a Seton Hall victory over UConn, another 15-point win uh, for a home team as an underdog, um, just reminds you of the madness of the Big East. I mean, it's game in, game out. There's not an easy game on the schedule, um, and it was exciting to see that, if I'm being honest. It was fun um, to feel like you're back in it, you're back watching these you know home-and-home upsets, and um, just a, a really fun couple nights there in college hoops, so Seton Hall gets a big win uh, and, and a fun one to watch at that. 
Duke uh, continuing Baylor's slide with a couple losses in a row here, getting a 78-70 to win in the Garden. Um, they closed on a big-time run. Um, I want to say it was 16-4, 16-8 over the last couple minutes. Um, so good on them. Uh, big-time win uh, for Duke on Wednesday night. Uh, Villanova, did you catch any of this one? Um, oh, well, no, I guess you were in uh, you were in New York, so probably not. Um Villanova got an overtime win at Creighton. This was one of, the, like, the most oddly officiated games I have maybe ever seen in the Big East, and, and really maybe even in college basketball. Um, a lot of weird calls down the stretch um, that I don't know that they necessarily favored one side or the other. Um, just, a, just a weird ending to the game, but Eric Dixon led, led the way for Nova with 32 um and, and just an, a great performance from Villanova on the road again continuing the you know th- three underdog victories this week um for uh for Big East teams so again just reminding you how stacked this conference is uh top to bottom North Carolina gets a statement win after a tough loss to a good Kentucky team this past weekend uh they win 81-69 in the Jumpman Invitational uh in Charlotte over an Oklahoma team that Undefeated coming into the game. We knew they hadn't really faced a test like this. Um, they fall, but it, I would say in a respectable manner. Um, wasn't an embarrassing loss by any means. So definitely looking forward to what comes for Oklahoma this season. But, um, you know, definitely uh, going to be tough to battle at the top of the of the Big 12 there. And then, honestly, my most impressive performance of the evening was Arizona, and granted, it was a, a Phoenix, uh, you know, a game in Phoenix for them. So again, semi home game against a good Alabama team, um, and nothing amazing in that Alabama team. Obviously, sitting at six and five, they've had their ups and downs, but they've been competitive in most games, and they've just played a ridiculous schedule. Uh, but Arizona, man, they they really slammed the door in this game. About six minutes to go, I think, um, and they just went on a you know it had been kind of back and forth tight the whole way, and they just go on this fourteen zero run that absolutely shuts down um, Alabama and, and pretty much takes them out of the game. So definitely worth noting uh, that there. And I think this this Arizona team's legit. And man, would I love to see a, a you know an Arizona-Purdue rematch down the road. So looking forward to that one, hopefully, if we can get it in the tournament. Um, and then that's really it for, for notable results on the week. Graham, was there anything else that really stood out to you um, as things worth noting and paying attention to? Um, as we head into the holiday season here. I think that, uh, especially from a Xavier perspective, the main storyline has to be um, what the Big East is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you know, to start, you had you know, Marquette, UConn, and Creighton, the three consensus, you know, best teams of the Big East going into games – favorited you know looking you know start off their season strong and they all lose and i just think that you know that's a testament to what the big east is going to be this year um that every game is just going to matter a lot more and you know with the shakiness with you know when you look at other conferences you know the acc is a little top heavy um the Big Ten's a little top-heavy. Uh, you know, Pac-12 is definitely top-heavy, where 
Big East could definitely, you know, make some strides, especially with the way that the net rankings and, you know, the quad one wins have been um, aligned, that this is going to be a big year for the Big East and how many teams are going to send to the tournament. Just because I think that there's going to be, you know, four to six teams with a good resume. And I think that, you know, the six, seven, eight, and nine teams, you know, at the end of the year standing-wise, will all have the ability you know, to maybe go into the conference tournament and, you know, steal a bid. Um, I think that the Big East is going to be really, really tough this year, and what a better way to start the season with three amazing upsets. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more with you there, Graham. Um, Really, yeah, just looking forward to to what the Big East is going to bring this year. and obviously, like you said, very top to bottom, very solid. Um, nothing, you know, nothing too flashy, um, you know, all the way throughout. Obviously, other than, you know, UConn being a top contender, Marquette looking like they're one. Um, but just overall, very solid all the way through. Similar to a Big 12 level conference, um, where again, like you said, SEC, ACC, Big 10, uh, and the Pac 12 as well, all kind of top heavy conferences. So. I'm definitely interested in seeing what you know what's to come for the Big East this year. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, Arizona FAU tomorrow in Las Vegas. I'm excited to. I will definitely be tuning in on that one. Uh, obviously Xavier's got a big game tomorrow against Seton Hall, um, and we'll get to all that here a little bit in the uh, in the in the Musketeer minute here at the end. Um, but really, that Arizona FAU game is the only big big game to note this weekend. Um, and then we'll and then really next week is is super super dead. Um, and we're not really back with, with quality, quality matchups, um, until after the new year, just with bull games, NFL, just the way it follows. There's one worth noting next week, December 30th. Uh, you got Creighton and Marquette next Saturday. Um, excuse me, keep an eye out for that one. That should be a good one in Milwaukee. Um, but really outside of that, nothing too awesome on the slate, um, and then kind of middle of, middle of the week of that first week of January is really when we get into the the full swing of conference play. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, we did want to mention as well, um, transfer athletes, uh, two-time transfer athletes are now uh, eligible to play for this 14-day window. Um, it's, a, it's a temporary restraining order uh, against the NCAA. The NCAA has said, hey, we won't punish you if you play during this 14-day window. But obviously the NCAA is going to appeal this. Um, here, uh, just in under a week now, um, as we we kind of missed the front of this right as right as the podcast was released last week, we got wind of this news, um, and so we did miss it a little bit. Did, but did just want to let you know um, that two-time uh, transfer players are allowed to play these really these next you know this past week and, the, and this upcoming week, um, and we'll see what what happens going forward. Um, you know, I think it's obviously going to turn into a. a a litigation battle back and forth as kind of expected. And as things work, um, you know, here in the U S with, uh, a lot of the college athletics, uh, governing bodies. So we'll be interesting to see kind of what, you know, what happens with this going forward and, and what we see, um, you know, and how much we can see these, these two time transfers playing, uh, and how often. So definitely, uh, something to keep an eye on other big storyline, uh, Oregon state, Washington state, uh, both invited to join the WCC for basketball, not for football and baseball. 
um, but basketball, both men's and women's, of course. Um, and I think this will be fun. I think this is a very appropriate fit uh, for both of them. Um, and, and I'm interested to see how they how they kind of mesh because I think obviously Gonzaga needs a little bit more um, needs a little bit more uh, competition there at the top of that conference. So I'm excited to see um, you know how they how they match up there. Uh, and if this can be kind of a springboard to creating some more competitive teams out of both Oregon State and Washington State, so we'll see what happens with that moving forward. Um, and then, really, the final, the last um, and final uh, new, news note here uh, worth uh, you know paying attention to: a little early holiday gift for um, for all of uh, us college basketball fans out there. Dick Vitale has revealed that he is cancer-free. Um, again, how many games that means he's doing, we don't know just yet. Uh, but but great to hear that the the legend and the broadcasting legend, um, Dickie V, is cancer free um, and seems to be in good health. You know, as we enter this holiday season, so happy for Dickie V. Uh, good for him. Good for the ESPN family. Um, you know, to have him back in good spirits. Um, always exciting to have him. He always, you know, takes that takes that you know lever on college hoops and just cranks it up a little bit higher. Especially as conference play rings in, can't wait to hear his voice. Hopefully, more often on on broadcast. So, anywho, uh, leaving with that, um, that kind of leads us right into our musketeer minute here, Graham. I'll turn it over to you as you're kind of our lead man here. You know, an interesting week. You take care of business with a Winthrop win uh, last weekend that, you know, was a little shaky at times, but overall you take care of business and get a good victory at home. Uh, and then you start your conference play, a road game against the St. John's team um, in Karnasecki, so not in the garden. A um, little bit smaller arena setup, obviously against Rick Pitino in his return to Big East play. Um, what was the feeling around the locker room going in? And how was that affected coming out um, with a, a pretty resounding defeat there in New York this past weekend? Or excuse me, yeah. past week. Um, I think that after um, those three straight home losses, uh, the, the guys did a really good job of responding, um, getting a huge win and huge moral win against UC, and then taking care of business against Winthrop, you know, um, the high, the horizons were definitely you know bright um, going into Big East play, and while you know there's no push off team in the Big East, we already talked about that. Um, you looked ahead at St. John's and Seton Hall, and while they're very good, respectable teams, um, you looked at it as at least it's not Marquette or UConn, right? And there is an opportunity to go two and zero and really you know set yourself up. Um, you know, for the start of the Big East play as you open the new year um, on the right foot. And unfortunately, you know, Musketeers really just got ambushed in that game. Um, you know, from the jump, it just really felt that, um, you know, St. John's had like an entire grip on that game um, from the very beginning. And it, it just didn't look like the, you know, the guys were really ready um you know to to handle uh handle that and you know you you lose you know the first part of the game you're down like by like 7 8 points and for the rest of the first half it looks like we were just surviving um and i feel like that's kind of how it was throughout most of the game you know St. John's had this this stranglehold on the game that was just 
a few points, you know, keeping us at an arm's length, never, never able to get it within a possession or two, just a, a solid six to eight to 10 point margin, really the entire game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, halfway through the second half, you know, we we're, we're getting the lead really close. And then, you know, we would make, you know, make the good play, get a few points and then they would respond and they would respond and they just had the upper hand from the jump that it was really hard you know, to get back from that. And I think that we really worked hard to get to that point that by the second half, we were just, we just came out completely flat. Um, almost as if, you know, we kind of like laid down and, you know, took, took defeat because to start the second half, we got absolutely punched in the mouth. And then that's the same deal that we, you know, struggled in with the first half is that, um, it was all right, you know, let's make the play, you know, let's get some points on the board, create our own little run. And then it was tough shot by St. John's or statement point by St. John's got the crowd back involved um, to the point that it was really hard to get back into the game just because we just couldn't swing the momentum. Um, I felt like a lot of, you know, our big plays were just plays made out of survival, not plays of, trying to get momentum back, you know, trying to, you know, swing the pendulum a little bit. And I hope that this, you know, this is a valuable lesson for the team that they can look at this and say, like, you can't just survive in the Big East. Like, you have to, you know, be ready to compete. Um, You know, there's a few bright spots of the game that, you know, Trey Green was able to get, get out on the court for a while. Um... And he really needs to, you know, just get his feet wet. Um, and I thought that there was plenty of times where we looked like, you know, a team that was ready to compete. The problem is, is that you have to play for 40 minutes. And it's very easy to, you know, look at, you know, the positives of the game and say, um, oh, if we were able to, you know, just play like this part of the game, we would have won or it would have been a lot closer, but... Um, I think you can't really pull hairs. You have to look at this as, you know, accept defeat, look at it, look at it from a positive standpoint, because you're going into Seton Hall, who just beat UConn. And is right, really... they're obviously riding a high coming into this one. Yeah, and after the last two games last year, the scuffle at the end, I think Seton Hall is going to come in with a lot of fire. Um, Gosh, I forgot about the scuffle at the end last year. Oh my goodness, you totally just reminded me of that. Yeah, they have an opportunity to really, you know, kick us while we're, while we're down. Yeah. Um, and I really hope that we match their intensity that they're going to bring in uh, to Cintas, especially in an afternoon game with no students. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's going to be – could be a little bit of a of a sleepy start to the game. So I think um, it's going to be key to, to come out hot in that one tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, everybody set your, set your alarms, set your schedules to Eastern, correct? One Central here. Uh, is that mm-hmm. right? Yep, perfect. Yep. Um, so good, some good afternoon hoops for you leading into the holiday weekend. Um, and it'll get you ready for, you know, some, you know, some, some nice roasted meats on your holidays. Um, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, that, that kind of stuff as well with, of course, with some good football and, and a good football slate. So, um, Get, get to enjoying your college hoops while you can since it is a little bit of a lousy week next week. Um, we will still come back with you next week just because, obviously, 
going to have to recap this Seton Hall game um, as well as preview the next week's game against Villanova um, going into that one as that's going to be a big one on the road. Um, but, yeah, so thank you all for joining us uh, again on another great episode here of the Norwood Noise. Wednesday, December, or excuse me, Wednesday, gosh, I am all thrown off. Uh, Friday, December 22nd, we're coming at you to kind of recap, give you a big recap, but also a little bit of an early Christmas present here um, and kind of celebrate the holidays with you as we get you into uh, this holiday weekend here. Um, and, yeah, we'll be, we'll be back with you again next week um, to kind of recap uh, a slow week, um, but definitely some, some good results uh, to discuss next week and then obviously prep you for – for some conference play. So uh, thank you all again so much for joining us. Um, and we'll catch you all again real, real soon uh, next week on the Norwood Noise podcast. Have a great holiday. Cheers.